Hello, everyone. Welcome to Calling All Useful Idiots. Thanks for coming in. Make sure you share this on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. Oh, my God, I can't share it on Twitter. Guys, I've been hacked. I've been locked out of Twitter. Follow my alt, uh, Katie Halper Show, because I can't access my verified 160,000 plus followers one. It's very frustrating. So um, also make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or on Rumble, youtube.com slash useful idiots, rumble.com slash useful idiots. Um, and make sure that you also uh, subscribe to us on uh, Substack, on locals. That's useful idiots at substack.com, useful idiots at locals.com. And um, yeah. And thanks for joining us, Colin. Um, let's see. We have our first caller. And uh, let's let's hear what he has to say. Welcome, William. Hi, Katie. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. This is just... I don't know how to even begin with this. You guys make a lot of good points about all the real crimes that our presidents get away with committing and all our politicians. And then we have these bogus, it's always some nonsense. Anything they ever try and impeach anybody on or, or these, these charges, they're superficial in comparison to the war crimes, to the financial crimes, to the aiding and abetting of crimes that go on, the, the accessories and accomplices to crimes. I and mean, let's face it, our, our government is run by white collar criminals, whether you, a syndicate of executive, legislative, and legislative branch. Uh, I said that twice, executive and judicial branch. You know what I mean? That's not hyperbole. That's the way it works. Right. You know, and, and this is kind of maddening, isn't it? I mean, we, it, it, it creates just the, the, any, uh, Jen Psaki, the, you know, any duress is just the frustration of we don't have a government of by and for the people. We never get any justice. We, like you said, the financial banksters, they don't get prosecuted rarely, if ever, uh, no matter how much they manipulate markets for profiteering at the, at the detriment of the U.S. masses. You know what I mean? And, uh, no connection at all between Wall Street, uh, I should say uh, Main Street and uh, the White House, you know, and the way people suffer. How about the COVID crimes? Wait a minute. I mean, that vaccine was supposed to prevent transmission according to contract, right? The Pfizer contract and Robert Barnes. There's that whole thing with Brooke Jackson, the, the Pfizer whistleblower. We got COVID crimes here that they, they haven't even begun to address. Uh, the, the vaccine apparently did, did not prevent transmission. It... Um, Certainly is at best a therapeutic for some people, but has many adverse events that they're uncovering, vaccine adverse events. Uh, it didn't fulfill the contract. Uh, it, it doesn't keep you from getting sick, apparently, because uh, the antibodies uh, it are incarnated in the uh, um, mucous membranes where you, where you would need them to prevent a viral infection. The antibodies are created in the blood. Um I mean, just for example, that's the Brooks Jackson. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, Robert Barnes is the attorney and Brooks Jackson's the Pfizer whistleblower. That lawsuit, the oral arguments were March 1st, I think. That just started. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I'm pulling from that uh, uh, case to make my points that Robert Barnes' oral argument was making. Uh, 
in that matter. So, uh, and they shut down our economies. Uh, small businesses uh, got foreclosed on, including uh, the one that my father had for 50 years, Spoken Wheel Bike Shop, Bridgeport, Connecticut, because we're behind on taxes a couple of years. Well, after about two and a half years of foreclosing on businesses behind on taxes, that didn't qualify for the CARES Act, Katie, because if you're behind more than two years, you didn't qualify. Now they passed a bill where uh, federal courts where, oh, no, the, the city governments or states can't foreclose on property due to back taxes or utilities. But it's two and a half years too late. You see what I mean? That's gone. Yeah. Uh, we, get, we just get constantly... I don't know what else to say. It's like there's, I know, just, I'll get done with my rant here in a second. Just squeezing the, the blood out of us. You know what I mean? And the, the wealth gap just keeps getting larger and larger because every time there's a boom bust cycle, they bail themselves out. You know what I mean? That's for sure. Um, uh, it's just maddening. It's just a constant bullshit in the press as opposed to any real justice, any real justice reform, you know, criminal justice reform, things you and I have talked about before about the Catholic Church. Well, what Trump's DOJ shuts down the investigation December 20th on the Catholic Church due to statute limitations issues. How about taking the bully pulpit while you're at president for four years and creating statute limitations that gives children a chance and their parents to bring criminal charges? You know, how about that? I mean, how is that not a collusion with absolute crimes against humanity? You know what I mean? It's maddening. Maddening. Yeah. Oh, William, thank you for the call. Thank you for that. Uh, Kay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Bye, William. But we hear you. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he made some good points there. Um, but just, I can't, it's been so long I've been, you know, wishing, you know, a president would be uh, indicted on some sort of crime. And this is, this is not particularly satisfying. It's kind of like a cruel joke that like, you know, of all the presidents who sold out to all the, you know, corporatist interests over the years, and we finally got a campaign finance charge and it's about like, you know, Trump's silly cover up of, you know, mishandling documents while paying off a, a paying off Stormy Daniels before he was even elected. I mean, like you'd expect when there's like a campaign finance violation it to actually be like tied to some sort of actual corruption, like not not Trump paying himself, like or paying paying Stormy Dan Trump's org paying Stormy Daniels to get some advantage for Trump. Like that's not really the kind of corruption I'm concerned with, with um, campaign finance. I'm concerned about like, you know, the Saudis staying in his building and then getting a weapons deal or, um, you know, the billionaires um, donating to him or through super PACs or whatever. And then, um, and, and then, you know, getting a huge tax cut. Like it, it just is kind of, I mean, it's just depressing. Um, but I, I can't believe it's on campaign finance and still so silly. I totally agree. Uh, that's such a, um, like that, that like list of crimes you just outlined and, and corruption is it's, that's compelling. And I actually care about that. Uh, cause it actually impacts society and it hurts people. It undermines democracy in a meaningful way. Um, Trump making a hush payment to Stormy Daniels, like, it doesn't impact anyone's life except for the two of them and their families, you know? So why right, would and, care? It, and it covered up what that was like, none of us knew that Donald Trump was a, 
um, a serial philander been married yeah. three times. Uh, anyways, <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Uh, it it really there's just like the societal benefit to centering this is just I don't see it. Yeah, um, with the video of him, you know, during the campaign that came out of him saying he grabs women by the pussy. Like, I mean, there's just no one was like under some illusion that Donald Trump was a sane or had like morals or. Mm-hmm. Anyways, right. but yeah, it's 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 something. I I don't know. Maybe maybe some of the other indictments will come out and be a little more serious. Uh, maybe the, you know the one out of Georgia or whatever. But it, it's kind of unbelievable that this is the like the, the only time in the history of the country that um, an ex president's been indicted, and they this is what they thought was important. Anyways. Very 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 silly. Very very All silly. Right. Silly country. I'll let you move. Silly leaders, silly pundits. It's just silliness all around. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for covering the news, though. And I'm, right. I have followed Katie's alt account on Twitter. Um, so that's just ridiculous that they sent back that, like, Poop um, emoji. that emoji. Yeah. 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 For everyone who, did, who missed it, I, uh, I emailed Twitter and uh, said I was a journalist and got a poop emoji back from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So rude. I mean, it's kind of funny. I have to laugh. It's kind of it funny. It's kind of funny, yeah. but it is. Like, they're a yeah. business. Like, they're after, you know, they're a business here. They're sending people a poop emoji when they're yeah. having an issue with, with their service. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's official policy to do that. Yeah. I wonder if that was Elon himself, right? Like, answering. I know. I think maybe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you for the call. Tyler, you're up next. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Hi there. We're good. How are you? I, uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm doing well. I uh, don't call in that much, but this uh, Saki se- segment was particularly offensive to me, talking about how this should reassure us that our democratic system is functioning properly and our uh, Department of Justice is all on the up and up, when just earlier they had had John Bolton on their air. And I just wish that there was somebody with some sanity in the room to be like, Jen, the last guest on this network, if there were any justice in the world, they would be swinging from a rope in front of the Hague. Like, I don't understand how you can have someone who really is responsible for the murder of untold millions of innocents. I mean endless advocate for mass slaughter continuing to do so on your air and you can get on a segment thereafter and go this is cool everybody the justice system's working great i just i most of this stuff kind of washed just past me at this point because i'm just so used to all the noise but i'll be honest with you this this one stuck in my craw a little more than normal and i just i i, I felt like that point was important I I completely agree. Uh, I share your sentiments. It's such a joke. Like John Bolton is allowed to come around and uh, opine on character and criminality while having taken part in some of the most destructive acts of criminality ever in human history. Well, to be fair, he's an expert in it. Yeah, well, he's an expert. Yes, yes. And if you were and if you were interviewing him from solitary confinement, where he was going to spend the rest of his life. I would say, yes, justice is working in this case, right? Like, right. <laughs> um, I, I, and, and I just have to think about what a big 
organization that MSNBC is. And just to think that that room was filled with writers and producers and co-executives and grips and sound techs of all the various sorts, right? And there wasn't a single person in the building who said, wait a second, this monologue about how the justice system is functioning properly in a democratic system? We just had a mass murderer on air just now. Does no one else see this? Yeah. No one else want to say, hey, maybe we should rewrite this or maybe we should reevaluate our guests. Not a single person. Like, I'm sorry. That's, Tyler, that's, don't freak out. Don't remember uh, Jen Stacky's advice. Don't freak out. So, yeah, sure. We have, a, we have a mass murderer but, but on our air, but don't freak out. You know, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that point made me freak out a little bit. I appreciate letting you guys, you guys letting me vent. Y'all take care. Thanks. You too. You too. Um, all right. Will. Hold Okay. You hear me? Yep. All right. Good, good stuff. Um, I was wondering, because, um, you know, all these TV shows, they're talking about democracy in, in Ukraine and stuff, right? Um, you know, it's, it's a common theme. They always say, this is about democracy, and that's how they sell it to you. Um, but, um, like, in Ukraine, and they're saying, okay, we need to arm them. And they're always willing to pull up, like, a, the whole historical comparison of World War Two, And that's, like, I, like, we all know that, I think. I probably, sh- I probably don't even need to say that. Um... But they're but they're not thinking about um, another historical example because they're flooding this place with weapons and um, you know the CBS documentary arming Ukraine and they argue that something like um, only thirty percent made it to the front front lines um, is that number right because um, I, I didn't get to watch it I only um, well I mean they said that but then they censored it so after after they came out yeah 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 because they censored it I never got to see it so, yeah. but um, I was assuming you guys would know I forgot. It was some. It was some person I interviewed who said that, and uh, who knows um, if it's correct or not. But the fact is, but they, but like, but but yeah. the media, like, there's, it's, it's a very low number of weapons that's getting to them. I, like, that's the point. But and the thing is that, like, they're gonna because after in nineteen, in, in like the late nineteen seventies, um, there was this group in Afghanistan. They were called the Mujahideen, and they're a group of radicals, and they're crazy. And Jimmy Carter met with them. He said, I'm going to give you $500 million to overthrow the communist government and to, like, um, so they could get the Soviets to go to war with them. And sure. there was a 10-year war, and it was brutal. Um, and there were all these weapons in Afghanistan after, after the Soviets withdrew, and it came this place where anyone, like, you could not turn around a corner without armed thugs putting guns at you, Right. And, uh, and, like, everyone's talking about weapons to Ukraine. And no one's ever considering, that. like, what are you going to create here? Are you creating the next Afghanistan? Um, you know, like, is like, because after this, I, I don't really see a, a world where, like, because Ukraine was already it, armed thugs. They had these insane power within Afghanistan. Like, do you really see, um, like, like, and I, like, what, what do you think? Like, do you think that, um... Like, it's going to come another Afghanistan where it's just going to be in a perpetual state of armed conflict. In well, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. want, I, I don't want to pr- predict like that because who knows. But, uh, I, I mean, there are a lot of differences to Afghanistan, so I don't. Of course, but, like, yeah. it's but, like but there it, are these sectarians. In terms of, in terms of the, uh, the basic aim of using a country to bleed a rival, as was the case in Afghanistan, 
I definitely think that is what is the the goal here. And yeah, there are some really nasty people inside Ukraine that have been empowered by the U.S. strategy of trying to turn Ukraine into a proxy. That's all you mean to, for a proxy to be effective, it has to be militarized. And it's usually some of the nastiest people that, that are willing to go along with it. Same thing in Syria. It was sectarian death squads that got empowered by the dirty war that the U.S. waged there. So I, I do think, you know, this is going to increase the power of like warlords inside of Ukraine, similar to how it did in Afghanistan. Uh, but you know there are some big differences too between the societies. The thing is so. that in in Syria, right, Russia and Iran, they were help, they were there to help clear out the terrorists, right? Afghanistan, no one ever dealt with it because it was an internal conflict to the country, and like it's like an aftermath of the war. Because I, I like even if Russia withdraws, there's still going to be these weapons there. There's like and to these armed radicals, they don't seem to be disappearing anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it's Afghanistan in, in many ways, but, but, uh, mm. but certainly the U.S. using it as a, as a tool, certainly there's a lot of continuity there. Uh, Will, thank you for the call. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Dickie. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, what I was wondering is, so they're setting the precedent that, a former president can be charged with crime. Um, do you think that's going to become, a, if this has political movement, do you think that capital will be like quid pro quo? They'll, they'll start, the Republicans might bring some charges to somebody down the road, like a, maybe a Clinton or something. Is it? Do you think uh, that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, are the experts. <laughs> that's a good question that's a good question uh certainly yeah um is it reasonable to expect that this could like lead to some cycle of just constant politically motivated prosecutions of rivals yeah i, I think that's, i mean that's me is what russiagate was russiagate was like investigating a presidential rival over a conspiracy theory that was concocted by his opponent by the clinton campaign and that certainly was um, like politically motivated, uh, like the the weaponization of the Justice Department, and, and and of course it's not just Republicans who are the targets of it. I mean they've done it too, um, and there've been many cases, uh, you know where I mean like look at for example Palestinian groups being targeted just for raising money for for Palestine. You know like the case of the of the Holy Land Five. I mean that was a political case, but in this case, you know the elites of both parties going after each other. Certainly that's escalated. I think in recent years. And there's no reason to, uh, to doubt that that will continue. It's going to be an interesting, uh, next several years. I think uh, this it is, sure this will should be, this should be weird. Thanks. It sure will. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Okay. Thomas. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was noticing your, testimony at the UN and I was wondering did anyone cover your expenses to do that you mean like my subway ride to the UN did anybody cover that yes yeah, no no one no one reimbursed me for my subway ride to the UN which was my loan expense and how about the ten thousand dollars you got from the Serena Shim award what did they tell you in terms of where that money came from well uh you're referring to I've gotten two Serena Shim awards. I've got one a few years ago, which was, I don't, it wasn't for $10,000. It was for less than that. Uh, and recently 
they gave me another grant, which I use entirely to pay someone for a documentary I'm working on. And uh, that all that money that I got, so that 10000 you're referring to went entirely to somebody else. Uh, but that money comes from, they have uh, private donors who are all U.S. taxpayers. And they award people who do journalism that they like. So they told you that the money came from U.S. taxpayers? I, I, I know who the I, I know who uh, who funds them, and I know that they are U.S. taxpayers. Yes, because online they don't say where their donors are from, but you you know this information. I do, I, I do. And so, why don't you um, do a some journalism on that and tell the world where their money comes from? Because they're a organization that has anonymous donors, and that's how they prefer to keep it. And uh, I'm respecting their wishes. And you don't see any conflict there? By uh, exposing their donors. And then, uh, yeah, that's what you, obviously, this person is asking you to do. In very good faith. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to actually going to respect their wishes because, you know, um, I know uh, the people who run this organization and and I I, I know who their donors are and uh, I like them uh, and uh, I'm going to respect their wishes. So you you take thousands of dollars from an organization that is not transparent, but you know where the money comes from, and you're a journalist, and you don't feel you need to in any way report on that? No, I don't. No, I don't. There are plenty of organizations that where you don't know every single donor, but um, that that are still very credible. And this is a you know this is a five hundred one c three. So if you think there's a problem with this organization, what you should do is share your whatever evidence you have with the IRS. Um, yeah. You know, because, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to operate if they were shady or if they were actually um, whatever their detractors accused them of. So, uh, and I happen to know them, so I do feel very confident in them. Yes. And in my case, I did win an award from them a few years ago. I don't, it was about, I think it was about twenty five hundred, maybe it was five thousand, um, and uh, they it, gave me they, they gave me another grant, which I which I've used to, to pay entirely to somebody else who was doing some research for me for a documentary. Well, that sounds legit. Well, I know you're being sarcastic, but it is legit. I don't know, Aaron. I can't believe you don't remember how much they paid you. Is that is that? I think you should do an article on that, investigating how much it was. How much it was? Okay. All right. Well, I can. <laughs> I can certainly find out how much it was. I'm going to assume it comes from Putin. Yeah. Yes. Well, fair enough. Okay, Thomas, anything else? No. Have a good day. You too. All righty. It's kind of strong sociopaths. Serial killer vibes from that guy. All right. Uh, You know know who that might have been? That might have been someone who we've banned on this channel, who is now back on our different name. And if if that's the case, I tip my hat. Well done. That, yeah. that takes some effort to come yeah. up with a new username and uh, an account for Collins. Yeah. So well done, to, if that's what is indeed going on there. Okay, Matthew, go ahead. And Aaron, I need some of that serenity that you're on, brother. Like I, <laughs> I would, I, I would get so annoyed with like, whatever. But uh, yeah, or or like when that one guy called in and uh, was asking you, like, are you sure you just don't know the definitions of words uh, about your your uh, your appearance at the UN, like, 
I, I don't know how you do it, how you stay so calm, but you know, kudos. That's that's amazing. No oh, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, uh, back to the, but going back to the doc talk, uh, one thing I thought, one thing that struck out at me that I thought was really interesting was, uh, when they did have, uh, John Bolton on and he like kind of said the quiet part out loud where he's like, you know, listen, like, cause you know, obviously the MSNBC faction, their whole thing is like, it's not a political prosecution. Everyone it's fine. But then they have John Bolton on to be like, well, even if it is, like, what goes around comes around. <laughs> so it's like they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. It's just kind of, like, insane. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's all I wanted to say. I, I was just blown away by that, and I kind of wanted to put a little more focus on that. But thank you guys so much for everything you do. Have a good one. Thanks. You, yeah. too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Jonathan. Hello. Hi there. Hey. Well, firstly, I would like for because uh, I saw Fantomas Fanto was in there. I think he should come up to the call in because whoever had Katie's account ought to know that they crapped in poor Fantomas Fanto's cornflakes because he was doing such a fine job running that account for so long, and now he had to to give it up to its original owner. Well, no, we can share it. He can. He can. Do it. I just actually need to. Yeah. He doesn't have to give it up. But yeah, I. That's that's nice of you. But uh, I hope you get your original account back soon because that's particularly obnoxious. And uh, you know, if you needed any further evidence that there's uh, the engines running, but there's nobody behind the wheel over there at Twitter, uh, I think uh, we just saw it. By the fact that I got a poop. So, everyone, I got a poop emoji when I emailed uh, Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, I uh, I should say, like, I got to compliment you guys because, like, I've been kind of, like, avoiding because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm annoyed. I have zero Fs to give about the Trump indictment or whatever because it's a slap on the wrist nonsense. I'm like, call me when you indict him for, like, the emoluments violations that he did and admitted to on, on public TV or, you know, a real crime like the illegal assassination of uh, Qasem Soleimani, uh, you know, any of those those actual crimes he committed that are, that are actual felonies, not some slap on the wrist infraction that's the same thing Hillary got in trouble for for, for the Steele dossier and got a slap on the wrist for. And he's not going to jail for any of that. It's not, like, it's, it's one of those stupid things where they're just trying to Al Capone him, all the people with, Trump derangement syndrome or giving themselves high fives. But the way you guys did it, uh, actually, like, I wanted to get out the popcorn. Like, it's this is a grand thing because, you know, I get off my 48-hour shift right when this thing starts. So, you know, I set my alarm for, you know, luck, you know most of the time, luckily, I'm sleeping at the station at, at, toward the tail end of it. But, you know, I set my alarm for 845. You know, I, I get up, I, I make my preparations, and... Uh, Man, you guys find the best stuff, and it's not like there's ever a slow news week. The, you know, if there's a slow news week, they can always bring on John Bolton or Lindsey Graham to say something ridiculous. And uh, you guys Jonathan, just do a marvelous uh, job of the presentation. Jonathan, what, 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 what do you do for work? Like, what, what is your shift for forty eight hours? Like, that's that's a long EMS. Shift. EMS. I work on the on the ambulance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Even work. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, like just the perfect, you guys have the perfect way to end it. And I love it. And I, I wanted to thank you guys for it. We're happy to help you fall asleep. Uh, yeah. After your 40 hour shift, we are, it's, you know, anything. Oh, no, you wake me up. I can stay awake now till evening. You guys got me all keyed up. It's great. <laughs> well, thank you, Jonathan. Thank, thank you for the call. Thanks for the work you do on, obviously, because, uh, I mean, it's very nice for you to compliment us. That's very sweet. But, like, you also are literally saving people's lives. So, shout out to you. Yeah, that's a real job. Thank you. Th- thank you, Jonathan. Okay, Lee, go ahead. Hello, Katie and Aaron. Love you all and Matt and catch every single thing I can and circulate it to everybody I can. So I have a quick question, if you don't mind hearing me. Something popped up from Aaron. You were on it and there was a psychologist. It was really good and I couldn't find I my my hands weren't free and I I don't know if it was in the last month or in the last year. Do you know what it might have been where you were having this really substantive conversation with a female uh, mental health person? I think she was a psychologist. On our show? Was it on our show? Yes. It it it, it must it oh. must have been either useful idiots. I've tried yeah. my best to go back and find it. Um the very the woman who talked to us about like the full nesting probably it's been it's been at least yeah. a week ago and and it, i was clinging to every word and i wanted to go back and listen to it again and share it with everybody and try to get more people aware of what you're doing as an alternative to this obscene mainstream media and what do you think it might have been um my i'm blanking on her name right now uh-huh um, me too hold on one second um we can get back to you. I'll follow you. I'll, I'll put it uh, in the on, chat. I'll put it. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I know it seems trivial, but it's not because yeah. really, oh, if I can, there are so many people who are smart, who are drinking the Kool-Aid. It's just amazing how much people think that it's the news and it's not, it's propaganda. And so, so Aaron, your book is, uh, we're all looking forward to it. And I know you're just like the fellow just said, you are, um, you know, you have a sense of humor, you have perspective, you, you're mature. And so to the degree that you are steel manning in your book so that a broader audience will look at it and so that you're not just singing to the choir, I will be very grateful. I mean, where you, there's so many people who dismiss anyone who's trying to explain how we got into this situation, which threatens our, our planet. And you are the only one getting to the root of it. Um, So thank you. Yeah. So I had on, uh, uh, John Pelletier the other day on the Katie Halper show and something that he said that really reminds me of what you're saying right now is how um, there's a difference between endorsing and understanding. Yes. And so yes, understand. Yeah. No, it's it, people are not understanding. I mean, smart people who have influence are, are, afraid and i think a lot of this it has to do with tribalism i mean we, even people who are out in the communities and involved in political roles 
d don't want to, I mean, they're circling the wagons and sticking with the narratives because they're afraid of, of being thrown from the tribe and that's what we're up against. And so I just think that to the degree there are some courageous people like you all, if you give them, and you are doing everything you can to, if you give them enough that they can get the attention of others in the tribe who might follow them in saying, wait a minute, there's an elephant in the room, or no, wait a minute, the emperor has new clothes, no clothes on, you know, there's, this, we could turn the ship around, you know. So thank you. I really am grateful. Thank you. And hang in there, Erin. I just get I me mean, keep pushing. It's I want to. I want my book group to read your book. It's <laughs> a plan. plan. I'm. Uh... We're 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 seasoned folks, and we you know it's hard for them to want to read anything that I recommend, even after forty years, because they know that I'm not wanting to do anything that's phony. I mean, I just want to get to the uncomfortable reality. Yeah. You know, I lived on a base in Iceland for two years where I graduated from high school and there were lots of Russians coming through and there, you know, it's here that was supposed to be, since it was a socialist country, it was one of the few places where people from all kinds of countries could land their planes and the whole, it was so obvious that this was all just a, a cruel game that politics, and my father's a highly decorated Marine officer. He's, you know, he promotes Smedley Butler's book, War is a Racket, more than anybody anywhere. And it comes down to that. Lee, thank you so much for the call and the kind words. Thank word. you. Bye-bye. Okay, Johnny. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, you? Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. I got I got two things for you. One quick, fun one, and uh, one more kind of thoughtful one. Uh, more one, the fun one is: uh, Did you guys see Ted Cruz would like to? Uh, he drafted a bill to impose sanctions on the ex president of Argentina because we don't have enough enemies. We need to pick new fights with new enemies, guys. Argentina, we haven't picked a fight with them, so like, let's let's get on it. All right, we we need more enemies. What is is it? Who who is it? Is it Nelson Kirsch? Or no. He's, he's uh, Christina Fernandez, her his his ex-wife, yeah, his uh, widowed wife, yeah, uh, Christina Fernandez de Kirchner, yeah. So, so what is Ted Cruz's beef with her? Uh, let me see. And oh, he's got a co-sponsor. Don't worry, because there's always a co-sponsor. Uh, Rep. Maria Salazar, who chairs the House Subcommittee on Western Affairs. Uh, deeply corrupt politician. Uh, the the quote from Cruz was a quote deeply corrupt politician who has undermined Argentina's rule of law and political institutions. He also charged her with undermining American security interests in Latin America by placing America's institutions at the service of Iran's global terrorism campaign. So there you go. Gotta gotta sanction everybody. You know, speaking of sanctions, yeah, everybody, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. All right. My more serious one. Well, I want to ask you. Listen, oh, go ahead. Just before you get into that, let me actually play you a clip. Uh, of Marco Rubio a few nights ago on Fox News, where uh, he made a great argument against, against um, U.S. dollar hegemony. Like, he didn't mean to, but, but this is what he said. He talked about how <laughs> the decline of the U.S. dollar will actually make it harder for the U.S. to impose the sanctions. It's only 24 seconds, so, so here it is. Today, Brazil, in our hemisphere, largest country in the Western Hemisphere south of us, cut a trade deal with China. They're going to, from now on, do trade in their own currencies, get right around the dollar. 
They're creating a, a secondary economy in the world, totally independent of the United States. We won't have to talk about sanctions in five years because there'll be so many countries transacting in currencies other than the dollar that, that we won't have the ability to sanction them. Amen. Doesn't that sound great? I mean, he's he's upset about that prospect, but he he seems to have stumbled into the idea that like there might be limits on U.S.'s ability to dominate everyone everywhere all at once. Yeah, and the idea that he calls it like a secondary economy. What he means by that is like a, an economy that's not dominated by us. That, that, that Somebody who's secondary. junior to our vassal states. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. No, I, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, did you, uh, by any chance, check out Mark Ames's piece on um, the history of the relationship with Belarus, how the West uh, kind of launched a, a regime change operation there and kind of frightened Lukashenko back into Russia's arms? He wrote in January. It was on the exile. Okay, no, I didn't see it. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, it's worth checking out. Um, but it kind of got me thinking, right? So there was, you know, he, he details, you know, he go, runs through the, the timeline and, and looks at the history of saying, you know, how Lukashenko and the West were kind of playing footsie for a while, and then the U.S. tried to regime change him or color revolution him, however you want to phrase it. And uh, he kind of ran in back into Putin's arms and has now, you know, fully pretty much handed the keys to the castle back to Putin. It got me thinking, like, what is it that made the regime change operation work in Ukraine, whereas it didn't work in, say, like a Belarus, a Kazakhstan, you know, uh, Kyrgyzstan, like a lot of other former Warsaw Pact, former Soviet um, republics. And, you know, I can't help but reach that uncomfortable conclusion that Ukraine has that very strong grassroots Nazi movement that other countries don't. And that seems to have played a key role for all those who want to minimize that Nazi movement. Why did the Maidan coup work? Whereas all these other countries, it didn't. And I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that or any more detail. Yeah, no, look, it, it's obvious. I mean, you know, there's a line from Foreign Policy magazine that I quote often that where it's two uh, Western think tankers where they say, like, the truth is that a major part of the movement that brought the new, the new Ukrainian government to power in 2014 uh, were fascists. Uh, and um, there's even one one fascist gang leader of the gangs, T-14, who said that without us, the Maidan would have been a gay pride parade. Um, so they openly take credit for being the muscle behind the Maidan coup. I mean, it's it, and it's obvious. And, and they were instrumental. Um, so I agree that the, the sort of nationalist, Nazi, neo-Nazi, far-right element was instrumental in 2014. Yeah, it seems hard to avoid that because it seems to have failed. Every, I mean, all these other little regime chains ops have either scared governments back into Russia's direction in some cases. I think we yeah. used to have bases in uh, Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan, and they yeah. kind of kicked us out eventually. But, like, it, it just hasn't worked very well. That playbook hasn't worked very – Georgia, sure. you know what I mean? It hasn't worked yeah, yeah. very well in other and countries. Also, and also, by the way, if you look at polls back from 2014, there wasn't even majority support among Ukrainian people for the Maidan protests when they were peaceful. So um, it, was, it was very split. So you can imagine what the feeling was when it turned violent. It's just it, – it was not this huge popular revolution as it's, as it's portrayed here. The, the driving forces of the, of the violent element – were indeed fascists, and yeah, um, now they're, now they're yeah. conscripting sixteen-year-old kids and old guys. I mean, yeah. Uh, Johnny, thank you. thanks for the call, Nestor. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy morning. morning. Uh, hey, so yeah, Aaron, how dare you get paid for working? <laughs> uh, was that the guy basically saying that you know you shouldn't get paid for the work you do? 
No, well, look, you know, I don't want to speak for him. It's it's fine to question me, but you know, if if you are are interested enough in uh, me and you do some research and you see that some group gave me some money, it's fine to ask questions about that. Um, I again, I have to clarify that the the figure he was talking about, I received it as a grant that I could then pay someone else for. Um, I'm working on a documentary and I used right. all the money I got to pay someone for uh, producing it, basically, and um, yeah. No, but it's, no, it. it's you know it's totally fair to ask me about it it's it's not i don't take offense to the question i really don't yeah i mean no, well i mean i just take uh i feel uh camaraderie there because you know i know people like always trying to get you fired or or yeah, for some for some odd reason people will try to uh they seem to have the energy to want to uh make sure that you're not eating you know uh, oh sure and, of course yeah no look there's i mean and look this is, there's if you look at all the look all, for all the bad things said about me online and whatever there's you can't find a single article that actually takes on anything that actually I've ever actually written in trying to address what I say on the merits it's all just efforts to you know lie about me say I'm working for some foreign government or um or or to get me canceled like there are people who literally har- like you know there's some online accounts that li- literally harass people who who've given me awards before for journalism like rather than trying to like debunk my journalism or refute right. it they try to harass people who dare give me an award for it well if you don't like it so much why don't you try to refute it rather than trying to harass people who just happen to like it themselves and gave me an award for it it's it's so, it's so tiring i love the question about who paid for you to testify who paid for your metro car <laughs> <laughs> i know I know, I know, I know. Oh yeah, I, I I know how petty some people can be, and unfortunately, you know that's just uh, in the nature of of, of certain people. Uh, fortunately, it's not everyone, but you know, uh, I mean, I could I could uh, I think like I think yeah, my manager today she told me like four people came in to try to get me fired uh, yesterday morning, which was hilarious. Because uh, my manager knows that I'm working where where I'm working right now, just to uh, make money enough to go on vacation, uh, and that's not my main source of income. So, uh, so you know, it, it's it's real interesting that there's people out there that are willing to take energy and time to do that, but you know, they're not concerned about the fact that we all could die in nuclear fire. So it's it's funny to me. At the end of the day, it's really hilarious. Um, I want to talk about this Trump thing, man. This uh, this is like straight out of Starship Troopers, man. I'm like, I'm feeling so vindicated uh, for choosing the path I've chosen in life just to see how uh, how this country's just tearing itself apart. And they're just starting to be like spoofs of themselves, like characters of, upon characters of of just, it, it was just so eerie, like watching that, uh, what's that? Um, that uh, that woman that uh, what's this kid? Don't worry, everyone. Don't panic. I mean, she uh, literally, yeah. What's her name? Densaki. Yeah, Densaki. Yeah, she she looked like she could fit right into the Starship uh, Troopers movie, man. It, oh my God, it was like so. Uh, it's just so juicy to just watch something like this, like on on the on cable news being watched by millions of people. And, and, you know, unfortunately I, where I work, I talk to a lot of people and, and some, and, and, you know, I try to, uh, try to help people think critically about what's going on for themselves. Uh, and sometimes, you know, people just, 
are really bought and sold into the propaganda that the media feeds them. You know, I've I've been accused of being a Putin lover, and and I'm like, when did I say I love Putin? You know, and I'm like, it's it's really when when you when you start trying to break down the brainwashing that goes into them, they resort to just you know accusing you or projecting that somehow you're you're an agent of of a foreign state and you're like okay what 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 benefit do i have to love putin i i ha- i benefit nothing from from thinking or wanting for putin to succeed or to russia to succeed i live here in the united states and you know I, the only reason i i am here and continue to stay here is because i have a lot of family that want to continue to stay here i'm not going to just uproot myself and leave my family and my my loved ones behind you know um because because you know they didn't want to stay here and so i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna i'm gonna see it through to the very end no matter what happens uh but at the end of the day i you know this is just mind-boggling i don't know how all of this is going to end but i i really hope somehow it just breaks like the the weirdness of how weird it's getting just i hope it just you know one day just snaps and breaks all the brainwash and all the propaganda that has been going on it just you well, know, kind of like one of those amen master like amen yeah, I, I hope that too and listen um we have to move on to the next caller because we have to wrap soon but i want to tell you i have never seen starship troopers and Oh my, my whole life has told me I have to. I can't believe I haven't seen. Oh them. my god! It's, I know. I, everyone's like, you're, you, I you know, they can't believe I. It's because it's such an apparently amazing movie. So thank you for the reminder. I have to watch that as soon as you I. You have get. to watch it now. Thanks. Yeah. So thank you, Nestor. I really. I'm gonna. I, I've totally forgotten, and I've. It was the top of my list. So thank you for the reminder, and and have a good day. Thanks for calling. And we're gonna have to wrap soon, everybody. So we'll get to as many as we can. Gator, go ahead. Hey guys, how you doing? Have it. Um. I just wanted to sort of like add something that people have touched on a little bit about truth. There's um, a list of the top 50 most visited websites on monthly traffic. And I just chucked the top 10 in with numbers. Google's visited 85 billion hits a, a, a month. Then it's YouTube at 33, Facebook at 17.8, Twitter, Insta, Baidu, Wikipedia, Yandex, Yahoo and WhatsApp. And I think that table is should be looked at by people who are trying to ponder kind of what direction are people going in in informationally now arguably anyone looking at google could be looking at anything but what 85 billion hits a month tells you is that we're in an information monopoly and no one is doing anything about that at all the monopolies and mergers commission should be all over that in and the equivalent in every country but they're not and and, and also that plugs us straight into our phones and then all the the, the, the other t- the other top 10 essentially are telling us that People are, well, YouTube, I mean, that's a Google controlled platform with highly, highly restricted content. And then the other content is like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook um, and WhatsApp are in the top 10. And that tells us something about the state of humans free will about what they choose to access in order to feed information and their motivation. They're they're basically tweeting at, at each other in short form and then they're blathering at each other on Facebook. In, in short form, again, which changes human discourse and changes the way that p- humans communicate. And I think that that is incredibly telling because, um, you know, what we're looking at what, and what you're describing with Useful Idiots and your own personal shows is kind of 
you're trying to tell people, look, give give them a little bit of analysis that, you know, political satire used to be very heavily into this, but there is no political satire on mainstream TV of any effect anymore. And I think that it's a it's a bit of a damning indictment of humanity that they self-elect to use the Internet in this way. Um, and I think that it's sort of um, if people want to want to know where truth's gone. Well, I think that table helps us to answer it a little bit. Huh. Uh, that's really interesting. Gator, thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. Okay, Brad, you will be our last caller. Go ahead. And Brad, if you're there, there's a, a mute button. It should be on your bottom left if you're using your phone. And we'll give you a few more seconds. If not, well, in the meantime, Katie, what do you have coming up this week on the Katie Helper Show? Oh, uh, oh, a great show tomorrow. Uh, with some with a journalist from uh, who's been live in East Palestine, and okay. um, so that'll be great. Also, just imploring people again to follow me on Katie Helper Show and shout out to Phantom Fanta again. I've been locked out, hacked, and uh, when I wrote to their uh, Twitter's press about it because their Twitter support didn't get back to me, and I've heard it takes like months. Uh, I got a poop emoji back. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's just terrible customer service right there. Right, the worst, yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Well, listen, thanks so much for tuning in and joining us. And a reminder, you can go to usefulidiots.substack.com or usefulidiots.locals.com to become a subscriber and get bonus content. And uh, and we have an ama- we have a big cl- we have a heavy hitter guest this week. We won't tell you who it is, but it's a big person. It is a heavy hitter indeed. So stay tuned for that. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.